you miss me, little doggy. I've been sleeping deep inside. It's been crafted kind of boring, so how's about restoring me? I'll take you for a ride. Actually, I'm good. No, thank you. I've been doing fine without you, with my powers and my voice. Yeah. Whose powers are those really? Hello cartoon fans, welcome to Generation Tune, presented by the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop. This is your host, Rob Lamley. Here on Generation Tune, I, a Gen Xer, will be joined by my wife Andrea, a millennial, and our Gen Z daughter Harper, to watch some of our favorite cartoons spanning the last 40 years. In case you're not familiar with the show, each installment is part of a three-episode cycle where one of the co-hosts presents a cartoon from their generation. We sit down and watch some of the featured cartoon, and then we'll talk about what makes it great, not so great, and whether or not we'd watch more of it in the future. If you like what you hear, please subscribe today and don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, let's head over to the latest episode of Generation 2. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Generation Tune. Um, Rob, Andrea, and Harper are back. Uh, this time we are talking about Harper's Choice. In the last episode, uh, we said it was going to be Craig of the Creek, but uh, our daughter changed her mind, which is <laughs> fine. Uh, and we have decided to do Dead End Paranormal Park instead this time. Um let me give you a little bit of background information on the show. Dead End Paranormal Park is a Netflix cartoon that debuted on June 16th, 2022. Obviously, this means there's only one season so far, made up of 10 half-hour episodes. Uh, this is also the newest cartoon we've ever done, yeah. by far. I mean, this has only been out for a month, so it's kind of wild. The, yeah, it's... the reason why I um, wanted to do it. Okay. It's it, it got moved up the list because yeah. of its <laughs> yeah. being so cool. timely. Uh, the show is the creation of Hamish Steele, a writer, artist, and animation director from London who has been on the scene for about oh, 10 years okay. now. okay. I'm like, come on. Hamish Steele is like... The most British name ever. Well, it, it <laughs> sounds almost made up, but then you're... It, okay, yeah. it could very well be. I mean, it could just be a I mean, pseudonym. If you were going to make one of well, Yeah, that would be my name. Yes. Okay. Um, his first big project was Pantheon, a self-published graphic novel from 2013 about the Egyptian myth of Horus and Set. I'm listening. The project was funded by <laughs> Kickstarter and sold well enough that it drew the attention of Nobrow Press, who released a color version in 2017. In 2014, during his final year at Kingston University's School for Animation and Illustration, Steele created and storyboarded Dead End for Cartoon Hangover, an online cartoon site that was run by Frederator Studios, producers of Adventure Time, Bravest Warriors, and The Fairly Odd Parents. Dead End was an animated short that inspired the creation of Dead Endia, the web series turned graphic novel series that Dead, that Dead End Paranormal, Paranormal Park is based upon. The original short had a bit more of an adult edge to it, and was apparently even edgier when first produced, but Cartoon Hangover decided to move away from more mature animation towards programs that were more suitable for children, so Steele toned it down a little bit. Even with these changes, it's definitely a bit spicier than, that, than the Netflix show. Which we watched that short, and it did have a few. <laughs> it was I loved it. Yeah, it did have a few, a uh, little bit more adult in tone. Oh, definitely jokes. It's it, it is one that if it were, if it were on Netflix with that um, attitude, I'd be all. Over we'd it. be we'd be talking about it as being my pick. Yes, yeah, and it, not their pick. I'll, I'll put a link to the short. Uh, it's on YouTube in the show notes because it really is worth watching. Absolutely. 
Steele has also worked on a handful of pilots for the Nickelodeon Shorts program, including Badly Drawn Animals in 2015 and The Tall Tales of Urchin in 2016. Badly Drawn Animals? Did we watch that? No, but we've. I think it's been discussed before. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, he also wrote and produced Croc and Roll, a 2021 graphic novel about an all-alligator rock band with artist George Williams. Dead End Paranormal Park follows the adventures of Barney and his talking dog Pugsley, his co-worker Norma, and a demon named Courtney as they battle the forces of evil every day at a theme park called Phoenix Parks. Uh, Dead End Paranormal Park stars Zach, B- Zach Barack, an openly gay trans actor who is the first transgender person with a credited role in a Marvel film, Spider-Man Far From Home. He plays Barney, a gay trans character who has taken up residency in the park to avoid what he perceives as a less than welcoming home life. Cody Kavitha plays Norma, Barney's Phoenix Parks obsessed co-worker. Kavitha has been a frequent voice artist on shows like Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, We Bear Bears, and Curious George. Pugsley, the semi-possessed talking dog, is played by Alex Brightman, who is best known for playing Beetlejuice on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) The demon Courtney is played by Emily Osmond, the younger sister of Haley Joel Osmond, who has appeared on Young Sheldon, Family Guy, and played Gertie Giggles in the Spy Kids movies. See, I told you it was Beetlejuice. You guys were, like, all confused, and then I said it was... Well, didn't you said it was Broadway? Broadway. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Because we were listening for Michael Keaton. (laughs) Yeah, or even the cartoon. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show has caused some controversy in right-wing circles by presenting gay, trans, and neurodivergent characters in story beats. <laughs> by being cool. <laughs> yeah, by being a good show. <laughs> uh, Steele is himself a gay man who has hired many LGBTQ cast and crew for the show and hopes that his cartoon will inspire other LGBTQ creators to tell their stories. Uh, speaking of which, on May 4th, 2022, five Republican senators wrote an open letter to the TV Parental Guidelines Advisory Board demanding they update their rating system to include warnings about sexual orientation and gender identity. The letter claims, quote, In recent years, concerning topics of a sexual nature have become aggressively politicized and promoted in children's, children's programming, including irreversible and harmful experimental treatments for mental disorders like gender dys- dysphoria. You know, oh, yes, because uh, okay. straight kisses and sex scenes do not... <laughs> well, just hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm just, I'm going to say this right now. If we go too far down this path, this will not be the normal PG language path. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, try to keep it that way. But I'm angry. I understand that. Same. Okay. Okay. The letter goes on to say, quote, the motivations of hypersexualized entertainment producers striving to push this content on young audiences are suspect at best and predatory at worst. Oh, Signed, senators who have to catch an uh, Epstein flight. Exactly. <laughs> and finally, quote, to the detriment of children, gender dysphoria has become sensationalized in the popular media and television with radical activists and entertainment companies. This radical and sexual sensation not only harms children, but also destabilizes and damages parental rights. Now go get me another copy, sweetheart. Smack. Yeah, go, like, get, go get me another 14-year-old. I can uh, oh, see, see, texting. see. Okay, uh, these four shows, the, the four shows these senators included by name in their letter were Danger Force, The Loud House, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, and Dead End Paranormal Park, which hadn't even been released yet when the letter was written. So they hadn't even seen it. They just heard what okay. it was about. Okay, well, so... But, but here's the thing. That tracks. They don't care what it was about. They didn't... They no, don't care if it's the, a good the show. House, the Loud House, it was literally one character. I remember that it one character. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter to them. 
It doesn't matter to them. And it doesn't matter that it's just one character. Enough buzzwords that they have become terrified of without fully understanding were involved in the con- in the um, also, creation or also, discussion I'm around sorry, it. you're saying that is predatory when multiple people in power have been accused of... Uh, yeah, a lot That's worse. what we're getting at. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. Um, I mean, the point being that it, the show hadn't even been released yet, and they're already calling it out for being this predatory, horrible thing. I'm going to sprain an eyeball roll on them. <laughs> Okay, regardless, show has received almost universal acclaim from professional critics. However, however, if you look at audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, you'll find a lot of, quote, review bombing from conservative users who claim it's too woke, it's pushing the gay agenda, it's grooming kids, etc. Saying nothing about the actual quality of the show. So the best way to decide if it's for you is to check it out for yourself. Absolutely. For this episode of Generation Tune, we watched the first four episodes of the show, The Job, The Tunnel, Trust Me, and Night of the Living Kids. Okay. So that's kind of the background on the show. Uh, Harper, why did you choose this one? Would you like me to get your soapbox out for you? (laughs) (laughs) Thunk! Hop on up! Um, Basically, I chose the show not only because I like shows with good LGBTQ representation, um, I also chose it because um, it had a lot of good stuff um, artist-wise, if you're, like, an artist who wants to learn more about character design or backgrounds or whatever, it has a good flow to it. It's also just a cute story that I've been obsessed with for the past month. Yeah, okay. I would die for Pugsley. Same! Pugsley is the best character on the show! He is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something about... I, I can't put my finger on it, but there is something about the animation in that it, it feels both very simple and very complex at the same time like i don't know it goes in extremes i i think it's i think it's because there are little details in the background i was gonna say the background really drew me the backgrounds because it has such and it like backs up and also because they use that simple style to like um with the demons that we see in the first episode i mean might as well yeah but um, Mm -hmm. in the demons we see in the first episode there are detail around them maybe it's not like like little specs but it's still a lot of detail for this character for um some of the more monstrous designs there was a lot of detail and character for it so they use so most of the time you do see this simple style and then it surprises you by adding more detail to a character well i think i think to me it is like i'm going to use pugsley as a example because there were times where you know he's he's a lump of a pug so i mean it's 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 very simple but it's i think it's the fact that that the backgrounds were more detailed with the drawings being simpler they're not competing you're able to take in the whole thing rather mm-hmm. than everything being the same level yeah one thing i found really interesting about the animation is that there's not a lot of uh what's it called stretch and squeeze or squish and squish and squish and, squish and stretch there you go there's not a lot of that there's very little exaggeration. Mm-hmm. It's all very self-contained and semi-realistic. Mm-hmm. Like you're not seeing, you know, eyeballs, you know, jumping if, out or anything. You know what? If anything, it would go to the extreme the other way. Like when the character was, when who was it? They were yelling at each other, <laughs> yeah, they were and they get really simplistic. Yeah, like these I little love... blobs with like 
little dot, dot eyes, eyes just, like, just stretching just a little bit to make the mouth. But it's not outlandish. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's very uh, that was, contained. That was and... actually something that when I first, when I watched the first episode, actually kind of bothered me at first. I can because, understand that. Because, again, I, I, I usually will draw myself towards animation that exaggerates a lot. Right. And so whenever I saw it, it wasn't exaggerating a lot. I'm like, okay, it's a bit of a more boring style in my opinion. But then as the series continued... I fell more and more in love with the style because I had gotten so used to it and it also fits so well with the characters and so well with how they animated them and the story and everything that I'm just like, okay, I can set this aside because it works for this specific story. Right, yeah. Okay, so one thing that I really appreciated and I don't remember what episode it might have been, trust me, but they switched styles up when they went into... It was, oh, it was trust. Me. Yeah, it was trust. Me. Yeah, when she's having her panic attack. Yeah, yeah, that was really like, cool. And I do, I do feel like, as someone who related real hard to that episode. Oh yeah, same. Like they really, they really kind of captured what it feels like when you have this irrational fear of being, the spot in the spotlight, like this irrational fear of like how this smallest of looks can look like someone's glaring at you. And or, also, I also. Um, I also related a lot to Norma in that episode when she was like basically being forced out of the car and she was like trying her best to get a grasp at everything going around and everything that's processing. Also the scene where they're like holding each other's hands. Oh, doing uh-huh. the human knot. And doing thing. the human knot. Oh my god. I related to that so badly. That whole like I, 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 I love team building bullshit. That well, yeah. but that whole sequence of like the fact that his whole thing is that he feeds off of fear, so of course he becomes a team building guru, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because no one likes that crap. <laughs> yeah. no one. And if you do, I have questions about your stability. But um, yeah, it it just I love that that was thrown in there because it is a universal fear. Like, and I also Absolutely. I also like um. With uh, her like kind of breaking down and not being and like basically covering her ears and stuff, I've wanted to do that each time we've done something like that in school. Yeah, I just never. I just knew that my mind was screaming at me like, if so, if you do that, everyone's gonna look at you. So don't mm-hmm. do it. Just yeah. keep it in. <laughs> it is. It, it is the literal embodiment of. I wish the ground would swallow me up right now. Oh, I yes. do not want to be visible. I do not want to be perceived. I just would like. I am a lump and ignore me. <laughs> I also I also like how after all of that stuff happens, she doesn't immediately want to be like social and do those do that it wasn't stuff with her a, friends. Oh, you're right. right I'm yeah. cured. Yeah. It yeah. was more it was of a, a it was like okay, maybe next time. Yeah, but if it, I'm feeling better. it was keep inviting me. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me say no, but I want to know that you still want me here. Right. Because yeah. it'll make it easier for me to say yes the well, next time. And I liked that in that episode, um, she suddenly found her power when she realized everyone else was scared of things too, mm-hmm. you know? And so that, that well, empowered her by making her realize she wasn't a weirdo. We're all scared of things. Actually more so it made her, it, he, it, her whole thing was like, I'm terrified of just the everyday. So something that's actually supposed to be scary doesn't, doesn't scary. bother me as much because Fair. I live my whole life like this right i also think it was important because like um i also think that it was because her friends were in danger and everything that like made her suddenly 
drop. And like, this wasn't an, like, this wasn't an everyday situation. So she was less scared of it. She was able to, um, she was able to deal with it. And so as soon as she saw her friends were in danger, she would jump in and try to help them. She would be braver for them. And then, gee, I don't know anyone like that as I look across the room. (laughs) Anyway, uh, anyways, because that's the like I was just gonna say, like that's the thing is all of a sudden you have this, you have something else to focus on. Yeah, the focus is no longer on me. Mm-hmm. I have to help this other person, and I get to be a part of the background now. Mm-hmm. And that's the but safe she wasn't space. Part of the background, she but was it, the main it, one who it understood. Doesn't the... matter though, because in her mind, she's working to help them. So therefore, she cannot be the center of attention. She's not the one. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Just like looking in a mirror. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm I related very to her much a lot. so related to her. I, and also, I, also... I am 40 years old. Like, it, I'd love to say it gets better. It doesn't. I, I also related, like, I also thought it was really funny whenever she couldn't remember any of their names. So she just re- remembered them <laughs> their from, from their jobs. Like, I thought that's that was great. funny. But that's exactly Honestly, but it's also it's also relatable yeah, to me. I'm I mean, just I'm, like I'm that way. I'm like, oh, I don't know you, but I know you work in engineering. I know, you know? I know you're in I this don't remember class. Your name. I know yeah. you're here. <laughs> just <laughs> remind me of your name. Absolutely, how I am. That <laughs> also honestly, that's... wouldn't it? Isn't it better though if you remember someone's face and forget their name? Because if you remembered I, their I name and then way. looked straight at them and were like, "And you are," yeah, <laughs> um, met six times, Rob. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> The way that she takes a lot of stuff literally is sometimes me is like she well, she like people will like um, ask her a question and she will just go but but that like, that's she'll... that's part of the neurodivergent aspect of the character that is apparently I mean we only saw four episodes so oh, we only got a I hint of that about this because the um I believe the uh, steel I believe it was steel it might have been someone who worked like very closely with the show. But I believe it was Steele said that as, after he released um, Dead End, people were commenting about how happy they were to see a nerd of a new character, and he, he said, and he it. said he was just he was just writing her as stuff he's he's experienced. So he went to go uh-huh. take a test to see, and he actually was diagnosed oh, well, with autism, <laughs> and he turned out to be autistic. And the, so that so Dead End actually helped him figure that out. That's pretty wild. That's cool. But so yeah. like basically the community helped him figure out something yeah. and like That's figure cool. that part of himself. But Isn't yeah, that I mean, what TikTok's for? <laughs> <laughs> it's not what Twitter's for. Um, but I mean, that's part of her neurodivergency is taking things very literally. I know in my time as a computer nerd, I've met plenty of guys who do not understand the concept of sarcasm or you know, turns of phrases, they, <laughs> they are very much... It's just, everybody's brain works different. Yeah, you and know. And once you ac- accept that, it makes it a lot easier to go, oh, oh that's now just... I know how to communicate with you. Yes, oh, and, yeah. then, and then you can, you know, it's just a matter of adapting. It's, your... yeah, it's a matter of figuring out, yeah. like, I know there are people I interact with where I'm just like, it's like you're speaking a different language. I don't understand what you're saying. And it's not that it's technical. <laughs> right. It's the way they describe, like, an everyday occurrence. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's it's like that premiere where I'm just like, I don't fully understand where you're coming from, but I like to listen. <laughs> so just continue talking. I appreciate your enthusiasm, and I will always lend an ear. <laughs> um, one thing that I found really, I don't want to say a negative, but it was just kind of an odd structure for me, was the storytelling. Uh Obviously, this show is compared a lot to Gravity Falls. Yeah. And one of the common things with Gravity Falls is that opening stinger 
where there's a scary moment that happens that sets up the rest of the episode. And that doesn't happen on this show. It, yeah. it opens with just character moments, and then eventually there's something supernatural that comes up. Well, it's more of a... You know, it's a there's it's, no mystery to solve. It's just these things happen. Right, because this is this is more of a it's more of a let like let's learn about these characters, right? And yeah. this is just the wacky shenanigans that happen I in their day to day. I will say that a lot of it in those first scenes that you see before the intro is connect the dots, where it's like right. where it's like this stuff will lead up by the end. It's, Since it's... we didn't see the end, that's why it might have been a little okay. weird for you, but it. But it does, like, sure, it's these weird moments, but they eventually do connect into the end of the first season. So it's more of the long the storyline running yes. through the series. Where everything is connected, you just don't see it until, like, you Which begin. Which is kind of the opposite of Gravity Falls. Yeah. Okay. Do All we, right. Do we find out, like, I'm interested in this. Yeah. I don't know if it's right at the top of my list, like, while I'm doing other things, but I, I do want to finish watching it. Do we find out what the worm thing is? No. I love him though. Because I love him. We just know that he's He's a, just one he's, of the demons. He's right? one of the demons that Courtney has been was with. Yeah. And he's just sticking around. <laughs> I love him. I do too. There's like awesome. there's there's sometimes like after the end card like after the oh, title, there will be multiple instances where you just get to see him being him. Like in the Well that's what I'm talking about, is like we just see him at the very beginning of like in a lot of them. But yeah, that one where it's just like him just falling off the billboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was... And also, and also, um, I I believe in one of the episode, like I think shortly after the intro, I believe it might have been actually episode five, but in one of them, he goes through a window, but then the window shuts and cuts him in half and turns him into two. It turns him into two. We we saw that one. We did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we did. I, I remember was that it episode four. Or it must have been because we didn't get to five. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember, but I remember that happening because yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> Yeah, we never we never get to learn. We just know it's a demon. Okay, well, I mean he cracks around. me up. I, yeah. I love, I love him. him. Yeah. Um, I what what was your favorite episodes of the four that we watched? Trust me. Trust me. Episode two, which is the, the tunnel. Yeah, that one is pretty fun. That one is. We haven't fun. even mentioned that one yet, but I dug that one. That and also it's the one where all the mascots have been tucked away and <gasps> like turn into like zombie. It's but just like a zombie. What, what's what's thing. the thing they keep saying? Meat. 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 And, and they, everybody and thinks meet. it's M E A T, but it's actually M E E T. Yes, they just want to meet the kids. They want to meet the people. Yeah. And it's I I I was like so confused on why Pugsley was like helping them at first. Until they showed that up, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really clever. That was um, a really clever way to use misspelling. <laughs> it was It was a, I, you, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you've seen it, I know you haven't, but um, it was a very clever take on Westworld. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Okay. It's about a theme park where there are robots that look like people. But the problem is, is that one of them malfunctions and goes on like a Terminator rampage to find this one guy who shot him and made him malfunction. That's Westworld? That's Westworld. Jeez. Now, what it, is the Westworld? Do you, don't you watch on, Westworld on I, HBO? I used to watch it on HBO, but it's based on that. Oh. This is from the 1974, 75, somewhere in there. Okay. Late, mid to late 70s. Um, it, it was written, I believe it was written and directed by Michael Crichton. Who did Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah. But then that went on to inspire the Terminator. And if you've ever seen the film, you'll definitely see the connection. But gotcha. either way, it's very similar to that. It's also very similar to the Simpsons episode that is also borrowed from that Itchy and Scratchy Land. 
where all the animatronics go nuts. Mm -hmm. And obviously it leads into FNAF, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and all the kind of, you know, the more recent, you know, you know, creepy stuff like that. So I thought that was a really nice twist on all of those scary animatronic stories. I also, Mm -hmm. I also like the fact like, I like that even before Trust Me, we got to see a little bit of Norma's anxiety as, like, a little kid where she's surrounded by people, people are talking to her, she doesn't want to be here, and then something, and then one of the mascot heads fall, yeah. and, like, pops eyes out, and suddenly she's fine. That was awesome. because That it... was also the epitome of a kid at that age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those things that you think the one thing is going to traumatize them. But in fact... When in fact it was this it was other thing fine. that you thought was innocuous that yeah. didn't, you know, yeah. bother yeah. them. So it was... Like, I, th- I thought that was really cool. Like getting an American Girl doll for Christmas. <laughs> Let's cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I totally understand it, understood it in the moment <laughs> yeah. when it happened. I hate the Uncanny Valley so much. And that's not even... That's not even truly getting into what's realistic. Screw no, American was, Girl doll. Enough. I prefer <laughs> Monster High. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I think my favorite episode was Night of the Living Kids. And I think the reason it, it was it was my favorite is because it was closer to a Gravity Falls episode. It's really leaned on the supernatural mm-hmm. and that side of things. And that is more my thing. You know, that's just yeah. kind of who I am. But uh, one thing I found really interesting is that, um, was it the Night Hag? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go all Freudian on you here. Oh, God. The Night Hag is an old myth, an old legend that deals with sleep paralysis. The idea that your brain is half awake and half asleep and you can't move because you're in this semi-conscious dream sleep state. Sleep paralysis demon. Exa- mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is. And so... Part of that, one of the symptoms of that is you feel like there's a crushing weight on your chest. Mm -hmm. And the night hag was always the explanation for that. Because obviously back in the olden times, they didn't know about (laughs) sleep paralysis and what that does to the brain. And therefore, a woman must do (laughs) it. Well, yeah, of course. But the thought (laughs) was... An unattractive woman (laughs) doing it. The thought was that the night hag was sitting on your chest and sucking out your soul. Much like the, the show here... The night hag, yeah, would suck out your sleep. So it was kind of the same thing. But I thought that was really cool how that tied into old legends. And I don't even know if most people would even know that, except for nerds like me. Um, in Apple, tree, ball. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I also like how she takes away all the sleep you've had for as many years. So the kids, who are already feral, who are right. like 10 years old, and then Barney, the main character, who's like, Who's like fifteen? Yeah, he gets all his sleep, so he's even more unhinged. I love that little detail of like, sure, there's a bunch of sleep like kids who haven't got who lost all their ten years of sleep, but this teenager has who basically more runs sleep on to lose. sleep has the most sleep to, to lose, so it's all sucked out. Yeah, and he's the most unhinged, and I love that. I I think again as being a horror fan i think the other part of that i loved was kind of the night of the living dead or yeah or maybe even uh 28 days later aspect of it where the kids like you said are just feral and they're just going after other people and trying to basically infect them yeah i thought that was (laughs) anyone who has been to a lock-in with children (laughs) knows you don't need a night that's just the way they are (laughs) yes (laughs) so that was my favorite but I'm glad you guys liked your your episodes too. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, let's bring up the the multicolored elephant in the room. Let's bring up the trans and gay and 
that kind of representation yes. because we've talked Actually, about that. Actually, multicolored, ele- multicolored elephant in the room well, is true. what the GOP is afraid of. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, that's like, it's like their this, biggest nightmare. It's the Simpsons joke. Do you remember that one? No. <laughs> There's a joke where uh, Maggie has a, a pink elephant balloon and she loses it and it floats up into the sky and it goes into an office building window and there's a bunch of men sitting at a conference table and saying okay we're gay we're republican what can we use as our mascot (laughs) and then this pink elephant balloon flies through and the guy goes like it's a bit on the nose don't you think (laughs) it's one of my favorite simpsons jokes oh my god i love the simpsons so much anyways back to the back to the multicolored elephant in the room but um, that was one of the things that really drew to me because I heard about this show because of course Netflix doesn't promote, promote stuff, anything, yeah. But um, doesn't promote stuff other than Stranger Things, and this was like <laughs> smack dab in the middle, yeah. So um, when I heard about it on TikTok, it was people saying, "Hey, go watch this, go rate it well, so we can get another second season." Because gotcha. they knew that if mm. it doesn't rate well, they're just gonna take it off or they're just right. gonna cancel yeah, it, and they don't it. want that again, right? Because Netflix has already canceled too many shows with good gay characters. So I watched it, and the fact that they say that Barney is trans out loud, and the fact that they do not... Episode 2. They don't wait. And also, they do not hide the fact that he has a crush on a guy. And, like, there's... We didn't even get to, to this, but there is an episode where he is trying to flirt with this guy the entire episode. Yeah. Like, he's trying... Although, for that aspect, for him flirting and everything, that's not unique to this, because Kipo, that in the Wonder yeah. Beast, had, definitely had a gay character. Yeah. But Young man, yeah. This it's, is it's, just a... Yeah. It's also, it's also fun because, like, normally you don't really get a show with a trans-masculine character who's mm-hmm. also gay... Who gets to f- who gets who gets with the guy in the end? Right. Most of the time. Ugh, spoilers. Rude. <laughs> Show's been out a month. <laughs> spoiler warning. <laughs> this entire thing is a know, spoiler warning. <laughs> but um, but like usually the trans man is either the guy the guy that they like is is straight. Right. They either die. Right. Or they suddenly have an attraction towards women. Like, it's not... You don't all get that. You, yeah. Usually something happens and nothing happens. Right. And, like, it, no no gays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and the point is, is that it needs to... Well, yes, we are talking about it because it is newer, but my hope would be that someday it just wouldn't be talked about because it would be so common. Yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like that's that the it, hope. Yeah, yeah. But I do, you know. But this is how you get there: is you start right. showing animated stuff and everything. Well, and that's exactly the thing all those congressmen have, especially animated, yeah. especially animated like cartoons with the stuff in it for kids. Stuff that's oh, more absolutely. PG. And it gets to the I mean. younger generation, and the younger generation is our future. And, so. and, I, and I think that was part of the the controversy with the right wing is that this is rated TV seven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's made for little kids, according to Netflix. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying, I think that is where part of their concern lies. Well, that, that is where their concern lies. Because, again, they hadn't seen this. No. And they put that out and name-dropped this. Yeah. And all they're going on is that rating. Yeah. Well, and the description of the show. Right. I, I also really liked... We didn't see it much in the episodes that we watched. But it, was, but it does get more, like, talked about later oh, in the we're episodes. spoiling more stuff? Okay, go ahead. 
But um, it's the conflict between Barney and his parents and his grandma, that entire family, mm-hmm. and it's the fact that like his pa- like in in one of the um, in one of the episodes that uh, I was we were about to watch, but then uh, I remember. Trust me. But um, in one of the episodes, he sits down with his family because his 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 younger brother, who is in the kid like the Night, Night of the Living, Living Kids, Night of the Living Kids, um, basically told his mom where his brother is, and oh, so okay. they so they have a family dinner at one of Phoenix Parks's like restaurants. Okay, and they have a family dinner, and he basically tells them, "Okay, yeah, you accepted me, but that's just the bare minimum." Mm-hmm. You need to continue to support me, and you need to continue standing up for me, mm-hmm. and sit and not and staying silent in front of people who don't accept me isn't going to help me. It's not supporting me. And he tells them that straight up. And I felt like that was a good message for young trans kids who might not have the best accepting family to hear: is that your family's not treating you with love just because they say, "Okay, yes, we accept you." They need to fully accept you and they need to fully make that commitment to accept you and support you they without actually advocate for it. Yeah. yeah and actually av- advocate for it and i felt like that was a really sweet moment the dinner was just it was the epitome of awkward family dinners i got so much secondhand embarrassment <laughs> from it oh my god i probably can't even watch it <laughs> yeah but like it was just it was interesting and they also they tried out the metaphor of like um talking about their food in place of their family and the little brother who's just sitting there was just like, we can get more nachos. Like, he was, just, he was getting all fed up. Like, he doesn't understand He, does not, he doesn't doing. fully understand the metaphor. Gotcha. So he's just sitting there like, we'll get more nachos. Chill. Um, yeah, I liked how it just kind of it just mentioned things. Yeah. You know, that Barney was trans. Didn't make a big deal out of it. They also didn't make it... They'd also, like, although they added that family conflict, they didn't make be him being trans his whole character. They still gave him exactly. more character than just being trans. And I think that goes back to where people are, you know, just scared of the words, not necessarily even giving the show its fair shake. Yeah. Exactly. Because it, exactly it's it. not a focus of the show from the first four episodes, anyway. Yeah. Again, it's dropped, it's mentioned, but it's not like that's all Barney is. No. You know? No. Although he deals with this throughout the show, it's still, like, he still also is just Barney. Yeah. He has his interests, he has his hobbies, he has crushes, well, he thing, has everything. Yeah. He, he is a complete, well-rounded character, yeah. because no one aspect defines him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also liked how um, the, like, the difference in characters, not only in the main cast, but also the background characters, they're all so different. Yeah. Uh, with Barney, we have a plus-size trans mask, which is something you usually don't see in media. No, you really don't. Um, and yet we've had two this month. Because um, Baymax on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That yeah, clip I is going that. around. And, like, yeah, so it's like, oh, zero to two. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then we also have, like, we have um, Muslim characters, uh-huh. who is one of their, like, lead co-workers, who's kind of... Norma's friend. I liked. Is... I liked her in the Trust Me episode. Oh yeah. Where, she's where like, Norma was naming off Death yeah. Slide as her job. Yeah, she's, like, she's like, I love that nickname. <laughs> I want to keep that. Like, yeah, that one. Well, that and also the um, the uh, well. Do you just want to get to the tour? This is a bad idea. Yeah. And then later, that, that was, was a, a bad, bad idea. idea. <laughs> I learned so much. Yeah. Also the also the wow. I didn't think you were gonna actually say yes. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, I love, I love their co-workers as well. The yeah. guy who's, like, always on his phone. Yeah, like, the total bruh. Yeah, he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Sad. Well, yeah, because his fear was the best. When he was like, my symmetrical right. face! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like, um, and then Logs, who is, uh, Asian? Is he Asian on the show? Yeah, I believe so. I couldn't really... The tell from ethnicity, the drawing. Ethnicity, it was I, kind of vague. I haven't done much research on okay. like that, but I, I know he's a person of color. Um, he's the main love interest for Barney. Uh, they they don't give him much for a character, but it, it's it's also at the same time he's, like he's a little bit of the little redhead girl from Peanuts. He's yeah. kind of yeah. he's he's a pretty face. We don't really know much. He's about the, yeah, him. he's pretty the face. object we'll of more later. probably. Yeah. I'm sure he's yeah. the object of of the main character's desire, yeah. and yeah. so therefore he's perfect in every way, right? Because that's how Barney sees him. Probably right. yes. And um, God, I'm really. I now I'm regretting my decision of trust me, just just because I really love this episode where Barney is like basically the main point of the episode where he and Barney are together is that they're in line for a new, like, love ride. Like, mm. like themed or around like a love. Tunnel tunnel love. love yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they're in line because they both want to see it. Um, Norma is originally the one who wants to see it, and he's waiting there, and then he gets pushed in front with logs, gotcha. and suddenly he's stuck with his crush, and, like, two, two um, older, like, POC lesbians come up and are just like, we, we remember going on this ride when we were teenagers. How long have you two been together? And Barney's just freaking out like, uh, n- no. <laughs> so what does Logs say? Logs just kind of sits there and he's like, he's like, yeah, no, we're not. We're just friends. And then he just says that very calmly while Barney's freaking out. Right. Which is just the epitome of gay panic. And I love it. So spoiler warning. Do they get together in this season? Yes. Okay. So they, Logs feels the same? Yes. All um, right. And it's... Uh, He's just better at playing it cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it actually happens in a musical episode that we didn't get to. Should we have watched the last five episodes <laughs> instead of the first four? <laughs> I love all of these episodes, all okay. right? All right, all right. But yeah, we get that to a musical episode. Okay. Where God, you, how but... gay is that? <laughs> singing about the boy he loves and like and like and like how much how much he wants to talk about him and how much he wants to be with him i'm just like that's so gay <laughs> i love the, it's it's just such a gay thing it's just there's I, a musical episode that is hilarious and the best and the best part about it is that pugsley cast a spell that made everyone start singing okay that's pretty hilarious like the entire episode the entire episode like in the beginning he cast a spell where he wants everyone to sing and so in the episode, people will burst out in musical numbers about what they're going through. Yeah. So while Barney is, like, he's trapped in, like, a prison by, because, like, it, yeah, anyway. basically, yeah, he's just, he just begins singing about this boy he loves because Pugsley was the one who cast the spell that everyone's going to start singing now. Gotcha. See, I like that because I really don't like musicals very much because of the silly aspect of everybody singing everything they're doing. Everyone's just suddenly singing. But I like the idea that there's well, been a spell cast upon them and this, they can't help it. They've got this demon which basically now makes it to where they can be like, well, of course we're going to do right. an entire episode in Claymation. Yeah, exactly. Pugsley they can kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. I, I also, like, I also didn't, I didn't catch the fact that he cast a spell when I first watched the episode and then I rewatched it. I'm like, Oh, that's a spell, he said. That's why everyone's singing. That's why it... And then it, it became less awkward for me. Gotcha. Because, like, unless I'm going to a musical, musical episodes and musical TV don't really sit with me if I don't know what's going to happen. 
Okay. Uh, I it sound it was a great show. I'm really glad we watched it. Um, Harper, obviously you've watched it all. Mm-hmm. Andrew, you've already said you'd watch more of it. Yeah, I would definitely consider watching and more I, of that. And I I definitely had a good time with it. I would, and it sounds like the last six episodes we should have been watching. I'm so sorry, I got distracted <laughs> no. by the anxious episode. But we also needed to watch the intros to kind of yeah. get an idea. Yeah, so. I feel like this was. It. I will tell you that going back and watching, trust me, makes me want to watch it more. Yeah. Also, the first two episodes connect. Right. So yes, they do. You yeah. Kind of needed to. Yeah. Needed we actually to. watched the first and third, and then you were like, "Oh wait, we need to go back and watch mm-hmm. the second to understand yeah. everything." So. So yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really clever, neat little show. Um, I think it has a lot of potential, you know, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. I in, really in hope it gets seasons. a second season. Because I hope so too. It's such a good story, and although like the main plot of the first season's resolved, I cannot wait to see what else they cook up. Because yeah. oh my god, they have a good team of writers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, I definitely recommend the show to anyone because I mean, it's just a good show. I think it's in worth general. checking out too. Yeah, and. Despite the senator's uh, disagreement, I think it's pretty good for all ages. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I see no reason why a little kid couldn't watch this. I, w- I would love for our younger child to watch it. So. Oh, yeah, same. Okay, well, like I said, about wraps it up for us. Uh, thanks a lot, folks. Um, next time, it will be my choice. Uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, there's been talk of an anime cycle. Uh, there's been talk of all movies cycle. We're just not quite sure yet. So uh, stay tuned, and you will find out next time. Thanks a lot, folks. It's not like I sit around just obsessing about his deep brown eyes. It's not like I lie awake while repressing tingly tummy butterflies. It's not like I filled a notebook up listing the things we might talk about. Not as though even now I'm resisting the urge to ask him out. I mean, we.